everybody. This is Brian Scott, host of the Injured List podcast. Thanks for listening. Now, don't forget, we became a brand ambassador for SeatGeek. So shout out to them for sponsoring the podcast. What is SeatGeek, you ask? Well, they're a ticket app that takes confusion out of buying tickets. They put a 0 to 10 score on each ticket. So you know if you're getting a good or bad deal. Green good, red bad. My viewers get $20 off their first ticket purchase with my code InjuredListPod. So download the app. You can find it in the link in my description. And remember my code InjuredListPod to get $20 off your first SeatGeek order. And that can be to the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, Coca-Cola 600, Major League Baseball, or an upcoming NFL football game. It's right around the corner, you know. Great time of year to go ahead and get the tickets to that event you've been dying to go to. Use my code InjuredListPod using the SeatGeek app. Fantasy Sports Corp and Underdog Fantasy have teamed up to start your fantasy season off in the win column with Best Ball. What is Best Ball? It's quite simply the easiest way to win. No team management, no trades, no waivers. It's their biggest contest ever and it has only gotten bigger. You simply have to sit and win. You don't even have to set your lineup. Always get your best score every week. Just enter a contest, draft your team, and Underdog will do the rest. What could make this even better? How about free money? Up to $100 using our exclusive promo code. Go online now and use the promo code InjuredList to double your deposit up to $100. You tell them Gingerbread sent Good girl. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the host of the Injured List podcast, Brian Scott. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Injured List Podcast. Your host, Brian Scott. And as always, well, not always, but as usual, we have an amazing guest today. Gentleman by the name of Oswand Cruikshank, former collegiate football player, current speaker, author, host of his own podcast, Move Swiftly. Let's bring him in. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Oswand Cruikshank. What's up, Brian? What's up? Great to be here. Nice having you, dude. Thanks for for jumping on here with us today, and um, got a lot to talk about. So let's just get right to it. Now, you've you're a four time author, published. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got a lot of things you're working on. You're you've got your podcast move the move swiftly. Mm-hmm. Um, and tell everybody what you do for a living because it's something pretty unique. Yes, I well in the. The easiest way to say it is I teach. All right, I teach. <laughs> All right, now what I teach, what I teach is innovative teamwork. I teach, I use innovative teamwork. Or I use the lessons that I learned as a football player to teach business owners how to implement innovative teamwork, All right? So the, the first book I wrote is called Swiftly, Your Guide to Innovative Teamwork. And it's a principle, it's a framework, it's an acronym in which stands for Skilled, Well-Informed Front Team 
and then you lift yourself. A lot of it, it basically the the seed to the idea came from when I was a player. I was playing football. I played you like you mentioned. I played college football. I played college football for two programs, and one of the things that remained the same even when I coached is that they're the skill positions: the running backs, the wideouts, the DBs. You know, they'd make great athletes in whatever sport they tried. Then there was my position: linebackers, well-informed guys, quarterbacks that were responsible for putting people in the right position. And then you had your big boys, the front team workers, right? The ones that you really only care about when you're, when they're giving up a sack or they're holding someone, right? You know, when they're actually doing their job, no one cares. So <laughs> I was able to translate that principle into the way people go about hiring employees. So you may get a skilled worker who's great at sales and they'll be great at whatever company or a skilled cosmetologist, skilled licensed plumber, whatever it is. Or you may get a well-informed person, a quarterback-type person that's responsible for hiring those people. And then you get your crew that is cleaning cars, it's cleaning bathrooms, they're cleaning windows, and you only care about it. You only care about it when things are dusty and things aren't working out. So that's just swift. When I added the LY, when you add LY, you lift yourself, and that's kind of the way I teach it in terms of how does a person add their LY regardless of the um, category that they're in. Awesome. A lot of lessons to be learned through the, that uh, analogies there that you pointed out. And now you're doing this out of Florida, correct? Yes, I'm in West Palm Beach. But that's not where you're originally from. No. <laughs> you're from Maryland, right? And Shout out. Yes, sir. Yes, you, sir. <laughs> but you, play, you started out playing football at Carson Newman. Take us back to those days. How did you get there? What position did you play and how did things go when you arrived at Carson Newman? Well, it, it was it was great because I always tell people I hit the coaching lottery. All right? I hit the coaching lottery. I played when I was growing up in Maryland. I played for two programs. I mean, first of all, you got to go back to the name as one Crookshank. And it was very difficult to pronounce for kids in school. I never got any acceptance in the school system. I never got any, I never really had any real friends outside the football field. So football is where I got my acceptance. All right. And the, the two programs that I played for that I happened to play for, this wasn't planned ended up becoming nationally known programs. All right. One was the white Oak warriors. We became the only team in pop Warner to win a national championship at every level. And then the other team was the good council Falcons where we just watched them on ESPN two days, two days from this recording. I mean, we lost, but (laughs) then today it's been like four or five times where my high school has been on ESPN. So we might've lost on the field, but we definitely won in terms of exposure and marketing and things of that nature. So, you know, again, my life was dedicated to those two programs. And even though talent wise, Brian, I was probably a division six talent. <laughs> I didn't like division three is a little, but I was division six athletically. <laughs> I could not let this game go. I could not go to, I couldn't even consider going to college without playing football. So I obviously I wanted to go D one, but I had 2.2 grade point average. And again, I was, I was playing one position. I was, I mean, I was good at that one position, but if you're talking about a division one scholarship, they need guys who are not just linebackers. They need DBs. They need guys that can play special teams. They need just athletes in terms of what they're recruiting. So I was on a very high risk and they were, they weren't going to offer me a full scholarship. So I had to look into you know, division two, II, division three programs, smaller schools like that. And Carson Newman was just a school that happened to offer me some money, some athletic scholarships because it was a division two program and it didn't have a lot of people. And once I got to Carson Newman, again, I, 
I always call it Carson New Man. Like, I became a new man. I don't know if any of your listeners, if you're familiar with the late coach Kevin, uh, Ken Sparks, but Coach Sparks was all about God, all about using the game of football to teach Christianity, to teach doing the right thing. You know, the first thing he gave us was Bibles, right? That was the first <laughs> thing he gave us was Bibles. And again, an 18-year-old kid, you don't appreciate these things. But as I've gotten older, I realized what he was trying to do. Because again, 99% of the guys that play in college are not going to the league. So he wanted to give us a foundation. So that was my head coach. Now, my position coach was a guy named Carl Torbush, who at one point was the head coach at UNC and my linebackers coach at Good Council. He swore by him. He used to have all his videos, like everything that Coach Torb, like he used to worship the ground that <laughs> Coach Torbush walked on. So I always tell people I hit the coaching lottery because I wasn't that great of a player, but I was around some fantastic, fantastic coaches. I think you're selling yourself a little short there. You, mm-hmm. you had some honors in high school. You had some athletic yeah. honors. That's what's crazy. And, and the thing is, I wasn't athletic though. And that's what, and that's what I try to impart on people. Like athletically, I wasn't great, but I got all these honors through work ethic. And this is what I try to explain to people is like, it, it does not matter. There were people, this is good counter, right? This is the same place as Jelani Jenkins. This is the same place as NFL guys. I'm competing, mixing it up with yeah. NFL guys. Yeah. And I'm competing with them knowing how great of an athlete they are. But it was my work ethic that was able to take me as far as it actually took me. I was a travel, a travel squad guy on a division one, on a division one program. So yeah, I, I was about that action. You know, I was going, I wasn't going to just back out. <laughs> so I, can, I don't know if we're about to swear there, but I was about to I can bleep it out down. later. You're good. <laughs> I wasn't going to back down at all. Like, because again, this is my life. This is where I get my acceptance, but I knew I was realistic about like, when you see a, a Jelani Jenkins, who was, I always use this analogy. Jelani Jenkins was a soft, sophomore no he's a freshman and I was going to be a senior and it was like sometime after school where we were seeing him take you know the basketball and just jam it with two hands as a freshman and we're like okay that's NFL that's what an NFL player looks like (laughs) you got that but that is not going to stop me from competing I'm not going to stop you know going out doing what I got to do and again like you said ended up being first team WCAC ended up uh, honorable mention all met a lot of accolades that I had on the football field now a lot of it did have to do with the high school I played for but again yeah like you said I was I was still about that action though you know don't don't get it twisted (laughs) (laughs) love it I love it yeah man I I hear you and uh, that's the thing like with a sport especially like football you know the athleticism will get you so far, but Mm -hmm. you have to put the work in. I mean, if you're not in the gym, if you're not in the playbook with your head and studying the the, the book, uh, Mm -hmm. you're going to be lost out there. It doesn't matter how athletic you are. So kudos to you, my friend. Um, Absolutely. Now, as with just about every guest on this show, um, they've encountered some type of uh, setback or obstacle uh, of the physical nature of the sports injury you are not um, eliminated from that group, unfortunately. You did have an injury. You had some setbacks mm-hmm. along the way. Can you can you go into some detail and tell us about that? Yeah, I had two. I had two all within about a year span. It won. The first one was not as traumatic because I didn't miss any games, but it did shake me up a little bit because it was my senior year in high school. And this was the first game. It's Maryland, and it, it's not obviously as hot as it gets out in Florida, but it's still ridiculously hot. And this is a lesson for any athletes or any coaches that are listening to me right now. Make sure you're putting the fluids in your body. 
hydrate yourself, hydrate yourself, hydrate yourself, because I'm talking to you from experience. It was at the end of the game, okay? I go up to do a, a jump. I, look, towards the end of the game, I started cramping. And I probably shouldn't have did this, but I did it anyway because I was a high school kid, and we don't make the best decisions during you, that age. You feel invincible right. at that age, too. <laughs> right. So we're done shaking hands, and I see a teammate of mine, and we want to do some cool handshake that we saw on TV. We jump up. We look to hit each other in the in the... Uh, with our elbows or some stupid nonsense that we did. And I didn't get back up. Long story short, I didn't get back up. I go down, both my legs are cramping. The team is, <laughs> the team is like talking and Coach Beloy is telling them, but ask what he's cramping up, he didn't tell us. And I couldn't hear anything going on. So I managed to make it to the locker room and I couldn't move. I, got, I was able to get my pads off, but I called my sister. I'm like, yo, sis, I can't move. I can't, we can't do anything. So the trainers had to come into the men's locker room and the female trainers had to come to the men's locker room, pull me in the trainer table, and I was having a full body cramp. Like my cheeks are jumping up and down. My sister's trying to keep my fingers from curling my legs. Everything is cramping to the point where they had to call an ambulance Damn. and put an IV on me, in me. And that's how I was able to, you know, get myself back. And I'll tell you, the next week, I was, like, freaking out. I'm drinking water. I'm doing everything I could. And I still cramped the next week. It wasn't as severe, but it's one of those things where, again, I'm currently I'm training for a marathon now. And nowadays, I'm constantly hydrating, constantly. I'm yeah. going to show you right now. I have me some liquid <laughs> IV on me all the time yep. because of that. Yeah. So that was the first one. Now, the second one was the more serious one because this happened when I got to college, all right? Now, I got to Carson Newman and I wasn't feeling it like any other freshman, any other freshman that goes through that freshman year of football. It's not what you see. It's not, I mean, maybe Trevor Lawrence might not have liked his freshman year, but I'm sure there were times during practice in camp where he, he was like, man, coach didn't say it was going to be like this. <laughs> coach <laughs> did not say it's going to be like this. So. Yep. That um that freshman year when I was at Carson Newman, I was already thinking about transferring. But again, my grades weren't where they needed to be, and I wasn't doing enough on the field to where I can get a scholarship from a Division II school. So I decided to go back my second semester thinking that it was going to get better. And, you know, you know, basically my parents started to talk like, look, that's just life. You'll be all right, right? And it was the winter workout, winter workouts of my first year at Carson Newman. This is the second, so the second semester. And we were doing this drill. So the, I'll give you something. I want to put you guys, I want to put you guys kind of in my frame of mind, right? We were doing winter workouts and we had our team set up. So we had our team council and we had certain teams set up within the teams to compete. And again, picking a freshman, picking someone like me, I remember the, the team captain coming to me and say, yo, Aswan, baby. We, we, we got to bring it. We're we going to be talking some mess. We're going to do a little banter between us and teammates. You're going to have to bring it on the competitions. I can't have you lit. I can't have you with this face like you don't want to be here, like you don't want to transfer and all that. I'm like, all right, Dino, I got you. I got you. I got you. you know, that's really all I needed. So I'm like, cool, let's do it. So the first day of winter workouts, man, it was a drill we were doing. It's me versus a kicker, a kicker of all people. All right, a kicker. Oh, no. <laughs> a kicker. I was a linebacker. It's me versus a kicker. I'm like, come on, man. This is a joke, right? It's me versus a kicker, and we're hopping on one leg, on our right leg, for about 40 yards down the basketball court. We weren't outside. We were actually in the in the gymnasium. And I'm ahead of this kicker. I'm like, man, this is going to be easy, man. This is This is nothing. I'd say by the time we got to about 10 yards out, bang, right knee, left. 
And I, I've never felt that type of pain. Now, the full body cramp was painful, but this was by far the worst pain I think I have ever felt because I was down. I don't know if anyone has ever experienced that injury who's listening, but there's a, a period in which you're actually <laughs> blacked out because oh, yeah. it's like, whoa. And then Mike, who was our trainer, he comes running and he's like looking at me and I'll never forget this. Like for the, this happened over 2007, about 15 years ago now. I'll never forget Dino. I'm on my back, like not realizing what's going on. I remember, I'll never forget Dino just kind of touching me on my back, looking at me and just saying, you did, you know, just those little things, man. And it turned out I tore my ACL. I was out for the entire year. I didn't. I couldn't play football my sophomore year, so I just moved back home, worked at a gym, rehabbed it the whole nine, and I really started thinking about, at, at that point, what life would be like outside of if I didn't have football because of that moment. Well, I, I've done the same thing, so I know how yeah. it feels. <laughs> yes, it's yeah. the worst. And mine, mine was about, oh, man, I hate to say it. It was like over 20 years ago. Wow. Yeah, like way you over can 20. Still, like, put yourself there, right? Like way over 20 years ago and I remember it like it was yesterday. Not it was fun. yesterday. Yep. Yeah. But that but but as the story unfolds here, that wasn't the end of your football career. No. No. So how did you I, end I, up I, getting to your next destination? Yeah, you're right. Just like you said before, I wasn't letting this thing go. Like it was very very easy at that particular time to say I'm not playing football anymore, but I was blessed. I was blessed because I got a job at a gym. Washington, the name of the gym is the Washington Sports Club in South Bethesda, a gym that's actually no longer even in business anymore. They shut down, I believe, around COVID time they had shut down, which is which was actually kind of sad for me to think because I know that that gym kind of meant a lot to me. So sure. I got that. I was working for seven, a whopping $7 an hour, folks. <laughs> whopping $7 an hour. I mean, I was, man, I was out there killing it, right? <laughs> so, I'm working for seven, but I always tell people it's the most valuable job I've ever had. Yeah. Most valuable job I've ever had because I, not only did I have access to a weight room to rehab, this was after my surgery, I had access to a weight room. I had access to the uh like the saunas and this one had a pool as well so i was able to rehab oh, my knee and get myself right you know the pool workouts are very incredible but the biggest thing was the people the biggest thing were the people all right there were trainers you know between omar donald and uh, serge these were three trainers that played college football one played at howard university the one i got really close to omar that i still talk to to this day played at Howard University and he is training to go to the NFL. He was with the Arena League and he was in the same boat as I was. Now he's going to the NFL. I'm still trying to walk on somewhere. I, I was very close to quitting and these three trainers, the other one played for Marshall and the other one played for UMass and UMass was big because I wanted to transfer to Stony Brook and UMass and Stony Brook is a big rival. So, and he played linebacker as well. So, between seeing those three and being around them and seeing how they just how they operated as OGs, kind of the, the people that said, <laughs> yep. Look, don't, don't give up on it. Yeah, don't give up on yep. it, man. I know you had a little setback, but do not give up on it. And just being around them, working out with them and training with them made it so I enrolled in a community college. I got my grades where they need to be. 
and I got into Stony Brook on my own merit. So I got accepted on my own. And since they knew me in high school, like they were, they were one of the schools that wanted me to walk on it. It was going to be a partial scholarship. But once they saw my transcripts and my grades and only played one position, they were like, ah, yeah. we can't, we can't take you. So that was really the only school I was considering going to because I knew how close I was to get there out of high school. So I was realistic about where I could play. So that whole year, I was rehabbing my knee, making my own money, uh, just doing my own thing and really re just bouncing back. And that's what made me walk on to Stony Brook. I was like that carrot that was out there just dangling for you. Yeah, I, I could I could let it go. I swear I would be I, I'm going to be 35 in January. And if I didn't do that, I'd still be out there trying to play because I there were there would have been a piece of me that I'm not going to let this thing go because of an injury, yeah. bro. Like Look at all the game, all the, everything that the game has given you you're going to quit or because of an injury, there, there was no way I was going to let that happen. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's awesome, dude. I, I, <laughs> I love the fact that you remembered that Stony Brook was interested in you those years before. And you made that a, your decision to try and get and kind of circle back to them and made a <clears> commitment <throat> to yourself that it didn't work out the first time, but I'm going to make it work this time. And you did. And you played right. two more years there. Yeah, I played two more seasons there. Now, the first year I was ineligible because I transferred. So yeah, this is long before the portal days. <laughs> Jeez, oh, man, I, I could talk. I would keep you on here for a couple <laughs> hours if I would start with that. But yeah, man, I, I and they didn't even know because I again I'm gonna I redshirted at a Division two school. I wasn't. I was at. A, I didn't play at all because of an injury. Right but I wasn't enrolled in any school, any program. And then I walked on, I got in on my own merit and the NCAA says, Oh, well, he's not eligible for any games because each other like, what? Yeah, <laughs> he wasn't sense. even in, like I wasn't even in the NCAA system before that. So I, I did what I had to do. I was on the scout team. I learned a lot. And this is actually those two years. I actually started my coaching career because the, the gentleman then which the reason that we are connected is because of Taj Deshaun and Taj was an incoming freshman that year. Now I knew I wasn't going to be playing any games and Taj came in with all these expectations about what he was going to do. And, you know, he was disappointed and that's where he and I really kind of got close is understand, look, I played for a division two program. I've, worked in the real world you're now coming in as a freshman this is just the way it is man this is the business that it, that, that we're in so yeah. i became like that those trainers what they were to me i kind of became like that for him so yeah i'm sure you were able to impart him. a lot of wisdom his way right. having some yeah. real world experience and having a taste of it at carson mm -hmm. newman and then having it take it away uh, abruptly like that so right. yeah man kudos to you I don't, I don't know if I would have had the fortitude to keep going as uh, aggressively as you did and make it happen like you did with all the time that passed <laughs> in between and all the setbacks along the way. Um, not just the physical setbacks, but then the NCAA, like not allowing you to be eligible. I mean, that, that for a lot of people would have been the nail in the coffin, but obviously not for you, my friend. Good job. <laughs> yeah, that sucked, man. And the thing is, I was out there. I chose to be out there during the summer to take classes. I knew no one in Long Island. I have family in Brooklyn, but I knew no one in Long Island. Like, I got a place to stay, everything. I'm ready to start working out in the summer. And then Coach Golf calls me and says, oh, yeah, you're not allowed to work out with the team. <laughs> I was like, oh, so I'm stuck in Long Island in freaking, you know, Jersey Shore, a bunch of snookies and all that. Bye-bye, not knowing anybody. <laughs> well, I can vouch because I'm, like, I'm, I'm from Long Island. 
So yeah, I know exactly. I, I know what you're talking about, and it's not an easy place to adjust to if you're not from there. So I I, I hear what you're saying, and I uh, right. I, I can you know I, I understand. Yeah, man. I was in uh, Port Jefferson, like right there, oh, yeah. Port Jefferson, yep. right on the um, forgot the name of that. Yeah, right it's on the Port Long Jefferson. Island Sound. That's it. That's it yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm familiar with Stony Brook. I, I know I know it well. Um, I didn't right. go there, but I know a lot of people who did. Um, yes. It's cool. And their football program has been uh, their athletic program since since they weren't always D1. When I was young, they were actually not D1. Um, they didn't go to D1 until probably sometime that I was near graduating high school, maybe or so. But uh, slowly over the years, they've built up a pretty reputable program, especially yeah. in football and um, baseball uh, and basketball, um, those three sports. But lacrosse, I believe, too. They're, they're well, la- the- lacrosse is a I mean, that's like. A whole northeast thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, you're from Maryland, you know. You should know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, so listen, tell my audience a little bit more about this other stuff that you're working on now. Uh, you mentioned briefly some of the books you've written. Um, you've got the podcast. Tell us a little bit more about your podcast. Uh, so the podcast at, at the moment is the number one show on Innovative Teamwork. So if you were to just look up Innovative Teamwork, you'll see the Move Swiftly podcast. And one of the things that I've gotten really involved in, not totally, but that I'm really looking to make a splash in is the NIL business. All right. So what I do now because of the NIL and how my story has been able to create a kind of a lifestyle for myself and everything I've done as a player. It's like, man, I got to, I got to get back in the game, man. Like I'm watching college football. Now I'm itching. I'm watching high school ball and I'm seeing my guys. do. It's like, like I gotta, I coach high school as well for two seasons. Like I got to just get involved with the game. And I, I, really didn't like coaching after a while because it got so monotonous it got so boring I wanted to affect the game from a development standpoint I wanted to teach you know work with families and things like that so in regards to now again like you mentioned you can check out the Move Swiftly podcast it comes out every single day I have a YouTube video that comes out every single day as well and also I'll be looking for a different athlete to do an NIL deal with every month in which I call it the athlete of the month and I'll give them free books I'll give them a copy of my books and a pair of boxing gloves because I also as a trainer, a boxing trainer as well. And the second book, Make Your Move, is all about how boxing is a perfect sport for anybody, for whatever the sport is. It's the perfect mechanism for training. You learn how to move your feet. You learn how to move your hips. You know how to protect yourself. It doesn't matter what the sport is. If you decide to train as a boxer, you're going to develop in that sport, whether it's a uh, tennis rackets, like swinging a hook or baseball, it's like an uppercut hook, the whole nine. And I have it in my, I have pictures in which you actually in the book, I have a picture in which you see Mike Tyson and Tom Brady making the same motion. You know, yeah. Mike Tyson is throwing across Tom Brady's throwing a ball and you see them literally in the same motion. So that that's kind of the way that that's kind of the way I'm operating these days. Funny that you bring those two guys up. I mean, talk about discipline too, right? Like boxing, mm-hmm. man, if you aren't disciplined, just like football, like you said earlier, I mean, you're not going to get very far, no matter how athletic you are. You got to be a disciplined athlete to be able to succeed at those two sports. So those are the little things that make you better though. Like yeah. when you tell, like, as you're getting to those stages of high D1, getting to the NFL, it's those little things that you're doing that's going to make the difference between, you know, a a four-year contract versus someone who is like on a trial period. Absolutely, yep. <laughs> you know, those little things you never know would make the difference. Absolutely, absolutely. 
Well, the NIL thing is a big deal right now, and it just keeps getting bigger with all these contracts some of these guys are signing. And, right. and, and it's, it's growing as far as not just the size of some of these contracts, but the, the number of them. I mean, across the board, you're seeing athletes at smaller schools but not as big a following still getting some nice little NIL deals for themselves. And mm-hmm. what, what, I, what I found really cool about it is how some of these guys are sharing their NIL stuff with their teammates and everything. Um, mm-hmm. There was a guy, not, and I can't remember what school it was, uh, I think it might've been Notre Dame, obviously not a small school, but he got a deal, an NIL deal and basically bought all his teammates, uh, the Dre beats headsets, uh, uh, which was pretty sweet. And they're all like custom Notre Dame style, which is really awesome. Probably one off, uh, just for yeah, him and his right. teammates, which is awesome. So great space mm-hmm. to be in, uh, certainly yeah. a lot of opportunity there, uh, not just for the athletes, but for those of us too, looking to try and do some stuff and work in the sports world. So, uh, good, mm-hmm. I, good, good move on your part. Um, right. where can my fans find you if they want to follow you? Um, do you have a website or any other social media platforms they can kind of hook up with you or connect with you? Yes. Yeah, so firstly, don't go on LinkedIn. Right? <laughs> yeah, we had that discussion before. <laughs> just, just forget it. Yeah, yeah, forget about me on LinkedIn. If any, you get a message from me, it's, it's over. Ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have, we're going to have some issues. Right, but we won't bring that up. Uh, the main website, the main place to go is makeyamove.com. That's M-A-K-E-Y-A-M-O-V-E.com. It has links to everything that I have access to. And the uh, the the best thing to do, especially if you're either youth or high school athlete listening to me now, is really inquire about something I'm calling the six-figure bonus. Uh, basically, what it is is now it's going to be a way for you to raise to create to build your own scholarship money and the way it's working is if you sell a certain amount as it's in the contract and if you sell if you become a referral partner with me um i'm going to hold some of the funds that you sell and hold it until after you graduate high school and those funds will be available for you when you get to college so the the six-figure bonus is going to be the one of the main entry points into my world pretty soon sweet deal and um, I'll have links to all of your information in the show notes. So if anybody didn't get that the first time around, you can just check in the show notes. All the links and information on Oswald Crookshank will be down there. Um, Oswald, thanks for joining the podcast. It's been great having you on. Another inspirational story about overcoming adversity and gaining success in the face of it. So I uh, really appreciate you taking the time to join us here in the Injured List podcast. Um, thanks for being with us. My pleasure, Brian. You keep doing what you're doing too, man. It's a great show. Thank you.